Yep. We're going to have some fun. Work together for my good. 
You said the same to the angels. Your love never changes. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And when the ocean rage, I don't have to be afraid. Because I know that you love me. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't it great that even when Chris couldn't make it up here, Brody will step right in there. Amen. Thank you, Brody. Chris is in the back, though, so everybody can just... He's still here with us. Amen? Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Kind of echo what Brody just said. I, I kind of enjoy this weather outside. Amen? I, I can actually go out and breathe and my lungs not melt. You know, that kind of makes it nice. Hallelujah. If you're in Sunday school this morning, that song kind of represents what we were talking about somewhat. His love is the same throughout the ages and praise God, it never fails. So if you are here and you know God's love this morning, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Let's go to Lord in prayer. David and some others are in Guadalupe County today. David's speaking at the Guadalupe Fair and Rodeo Grounds. He is preaching there this morning, so we need to keep him in prayer. Stephen and some of them are up in Pittsburgh. We need to keep them in prayer. And obviously, Ian riding his bicycle across America, too. We'll go into that in just a moment. So let's lift up all those prayer concerns. But most of all, let's just touch the hem of the garment and raise up our hearts to him. Amen? Father God, I just come before you this morning. Thank you that we can gather together in this place knowing that we know that we know that you are God. You are Lord of Lords, King of Kings. And if there's someone here today that does not know that, if there's someone here today, whether they've been in church their whole life, or maybe this is their first time walking through the doors, or maybe they're watching by live stream, or, or wherever and however they hear my voice, may they hear your voice. May you speak to their heart right now. And God, may they not leave this place, leave this moment in time without surrendering their will onto your will. Father, I pray that you'll move in their hearts this day. May we have a a blessed service today, Lord God, but also may we open our hearts and our ears to be quickened unto you. May we leave here growing just a little bit more into the person you've called us to be. May your will be done, Father, and bless those that are here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug. Just let them know it's good to see them in God's house today. I was buried beneath my shame who could carry that kind of weight it was my turn till I met you I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide It was my tomb Till I met you 
You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day Now your mercy has saved my soul Now your freedom is all I know The old made new Jesus when I met you When you called my name Out of the darkness into your glorious day, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing, now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open, cause when you call my name, shout it, I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness, into your glorious day, you call my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Amen. Amen. God gets the glory. Thank you guys. Y'all sound wonderful as always. Y'all can grab a seat this morning. A few announcements. The first picture we're going to put up here. This is, uh, as you know, them ladies like to gather up, shoot dice and all that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they are actually painting. I was in an elders meeting, a yeoman's meeting this week, and we walked out and they're all sitting around the tables painting and having a good time and just chatting. I was almost saying gossiping. I'm not going to say that. No, they were chatting. They were having a good Bible study. And that's what I wanted to point out as well as guys in your bulletin there's a couple of new bible studies that are taking off and these are the, some of the things the ladies will do uh, in, in their bible studies and i want to encourage you if you have not been a part you know praise god we come together in the worship service such as this and we we can share the word and we sing together but guys there's nothing like that intimate meat and potatoes bible study that's how you really grow 
So I want to encourage you ladies, men as well, on Wednesday nights is a men's prayer group uh, Bible study. But come together, see, look at the women's Bible studies that are just starting off. You might say, I can go to that one or that one or this appeals to me or this appeals to me. God's told me to go here. But let's make a, a conscious choice to start going to some of the Bible studies, at least Sunday school as well. But let's get in there to get to know our Bible just a little bit better. As I preached last week, it's imperative that we don't look at the Bible as a textbook, but we look at it as a pop-up book. It is something that God wants to share. And that joyous child, that child of God within you, will want to hear what God has to say. And it's a way of doing that when we go to Bible study. So I encourage you to do that. The next set of pictures, she's going to rotate through them. I'm not going to read all the verses that he's put with them, but I'll let you read as well as it goes but we need to do we do need to continue to be with ian in prayer he is he is on track he is on schedule he is he is as you know he's riding his bicycle from niagara falls to laredo so he can ride across america are those pictures not working um well they're they're, if they come up they come up if not we'll have to look at them later but the pictures were he's showing us a picture of each day and in those pictures is just where he's going. Now, I was told, his wife told me this morning, seven miles into the trip, he had his first flat tire. But nothing else since then. So praise God for that. Amen. And one day he made 110, a little, about 110 miles. The rest of that's been a little less, but still 110 miles on a bicycle. I'm think I'd be done for the month anyway. But anyway, he's doing well. Continue to pray for him. The prayer concern that was lifted up is, as you know, he was going to be preaching in these churches. He was going to find churches as he went to share the hope of Christ and what God can do in others' lives and the gospel. And he's met with a lot of closed doors. So let's just pray that God will open the doors of these churches and, and let them hear that. Unfortunately, guys, as you've heard me say many times, this building is not the church. That building over there or that building over there, that's not the church. The church is the people of Jesus Christ that have accepted him. That is the church. But we live in an era and in a world where buildings, people in one building, feel as though they have to put up walls against people in that building and that the buildings have to compete one with another. The competition should not be between churches, but between the evil one and the good one, between Christ and the evil one. And that battle's already been won. Amen? Therefore, we need to continue to pray for churches to tear down the walls that they put around themselves in the word and let the word shine forth and shine in and we'll all grow that way. So be in prayer that Ian will continue to keep looking up and to have that. If you know Ian, he's got that big old smile and he's just out there going anyway. But let's pray that if Satan tries to put his thumb on him, that he'll make sure that God keeps it off. Amen. Hallelujah. So keep Ian in your prayers. The um, Vacation Bible School is coming up. And as you know, we've been uh, uh, talking about different things. Uh, oh, Fall Fest. I don't know why I said VBS. Usually when they give me a list of stuff, I think VBS. At least y'all are listening. I told somebody y'all never listen to me when I'm doing announcements. So there we go. Fall Fest is coming up. And there is a list in your bulletin of things we could still use for our fall festival. So I want to encourage you guys, look at the list. If there's something on that list that you could be a a part of, that you could uh, help donate to the church, I'd love for you to do that. Again, our candy drive is we're looking forward to the fall festival that's coming forward. Uh, Where are we at on that? The boys. Well, we know girls can't do math anyway, so that's probably not right. (laughs) 
Yes, the girls have taken over again, guys. You held it one week out of all these weeks. One week. But praise the Lord. Guys, let's continue to gather up our our candy for that as well. I think that's enough of the announcements. I'm going to turn this over to Stormy. She did come in, by the way. I'm going to turn this over to Stormy. Stormy is right there. Stormy's got a scripture reading this morning. Father God, I do lift up my brother, and I thank you that his willingness to be obedient and to share the word and to open his heart and to share with us what you would have him to share. May you bless that, Father. May we hear you through him and be blessed by what you share through him, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to expand on that now, because the sponsor just said they wasn't ready with the commercial yet. <clears throat> we have been blessed in this church. We have a pastor that not only does a great job of bringing the word, but he teaches two classes at least every week. One of them in the morning is Daniel, which is a, a challenging class to teach. And in the evening, he teaches Ezekiel, which is an impossible class to teach. And he teaches them with such an anointing that it makes you actually be interested in Ezekiel. Nobody else can do that. He's anointed to teach those classes. We are very blessed to have him. I'm now going to have a little word of prayer, and then we'll have a message from our sponsor. Father, thank you, Lord, for the man of God that you've placed in this church. Father, I ask that you continue to bless him and Sherry, that you just heap upon them the blessings that only you can give. Bless them not according to to what they can imagine, but bless them according to your riches and glory. In Jesus' precious name I pray. And all God's people said... And now, a word from our sponsor. Where'd Frank go? Don't want to call him out here yet, then. Um, as you all know, today is Pastor Appreciation, and that um, there was a special gift given to him on Friday, and there was also donations for Pastor Appreciation today. So, Ms. Sherry, you can come up. <coughs> we'll let you come up, too. Now, of course, it's a woman's right. If Frank isn't here, I guess she gets to keep it. <laughs> we just wanted to show how much we do love you all Thank and that we appreciate all the work you do behind the scenes. Thanks. So 
Pastor just missed out on a blessing. Okay. Oh, well. I got it, babe. I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm up here, um, I think Frank forgot. I came in late, but I think he forgot. We are going to have a meeting after church in the Fellowship Hall, very quick meeting for the fall festival. So if you'd like to help us with the fall festival or you don't know what the fall festival is, come join us for a few minutes over there. Shouldn't last any more than 15 or 20 minutes. I don't know where Miranda is. She's in the nursery. But uh, she's got all the games and stuff taken care of. She needs some more volunteers. We're always needing more volunteers. And who's ahead on the candy? All right, girls always win because the girls count it, right? No. (laughs) Uh, but we are having a friendly competition on bringing candy for fall festival, so we've got some buckets back in the back. Miss Wendy counts that and logs that in every day, and of course the girls are winning, so guys, you need to catch up. Bring some more candy because that's what we try to do on fall festival is send the kids of the community back out into the community from the house of God with lots of fun and lots of great memories, so that's what fall festival is about. All right, we're going to sing one song while uh, we get ready for this baptism. So if you guys want to stand, sit, find a comfortable place of worship, and we're going to sing one song. the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nation. With truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. 
This is a failing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You lay down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for All that you've done for me Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the who was slain worthy 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 this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you lay down your life that I I sing for all that you've done for me. said about me in a long time. <coughs> I have to pay him later. I, the bill will be in the mail, I'm sure. But guys, uh, it, that song we just sang, hallelujah. What a song to be able to sing prior to a baptism. Brody and these guys didn't know that I had the baptism today, yet that song fits so eloquently. The scripture I wanted to share with you says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should all walk in newness of life. I want my life to be as clean as the earth right thereafter. In other words, guys, we may slip, we may fall, we may do this, and we may do that. But that amazing grace, that amazing grace, regardless of who you are or what you think you are, regardless of where you've been and what you think you have done, my God is bigger. And because my God is bigger... Then anything you could have, that hole you dug may have been deep. But isn't it great that my God's arms are long enough to reach to the bottom. And sometimes some of us dig our holes deeper than others. But that amazing grace is always there. This morning, our sister's coming this today. She's accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. She's put her past behind her. And she's ready, as we just shared, to, be, to put up the newness of Christ. Is she going to be perfect? No, none of us are. But she's willing to publicly proclaim to you and I and to the world today that Jesus is her Lord through baptism. So come on in, J.D.
Okay. All right. J.D., have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And I can hold you under till the bubbles stop? No. <laughs> Amen. So I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Do you mind praying for her, Sherry? Sherry's going to lead us in a word of prayer for J.D. And let me say before she does, if J.D.'s face crosses your mind, that may mean that Satan's attacking. Lift her up in prayer. When her, when her face comes across, you may say, well, I don't really know her. God does. And if he put her on your heart, lift her up. Amen? Amen. Please. Dear Father God, thank you so much for your increase in your family. We just we are just overjoyed today with the, the baptism of J.D. And we just ask that you please just... Put your angels around her. <clears throat> Bring her comfort. Um, let her know that we're all here for her, Father, and help us to just gather around here, her like soldiers and uh, just nurture her and mentor her. And uh, I know we have a lot to learn from her as well, God. Just thank you for, for uh, bringing her to this place to worship with us as a family. And we ask you for um, guidance in all that we do, and we say, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's that same mighty God who would leave the 99 for you and I. So we're going to sing this next song. And if you guys just really dive into the lyrics of the song and, and really open up your heart and lift, lift these words up um, as we sing. Still you give yourself away 
One more.
Father God, we do put our trust in you this day and may we not be shaken. May we be able to stand firmly and squarely upon your word and your righteousness and go out into a community and into a world that is darkened by the evil one, but be that light that's not hidden under a bushel. May we truly allow our light to shine and may thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I speak this morning, we we have another little special thing I want to share with you guys. I uh, I have a good friend here visiting with us this morning, and the first time I met her, she was almost as passionate about Vacation Bible School as Sherry is, I think. And maybe that's why VBS was in my mind earlier, because she, she is very passionate about VBS and, and her Lord and such. But she also has passion for other things God's laid on her heart, and she asked me this morning if she could just share a couple, three minutes with you guys, uh, something that God's laid on her heart, and I said, sure, absolutely. So come on up. This is my, my friend Sandra Whitten. Father God, I do lift up my sister to you and just ask, Lord, as she opens her heart and shares with us something you've laid on her heart, may we hear you through her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. As I like to tell everybody, hey, y'all. It's kind of my thing. Hey, y'all. So my name is Sandra Witten. I've been here in Texas for almost 11 years. And uh, we're raising our kids here in Texas. And, you know, the, the, the cool thing about being here, and, and I've shared this with Frank before, is like God does a thing. Like he just puts people at the right place at the right time. And my entire journey for the last almost 11 years that I've been here, and really longer if I'm fair with myself, is God just put me in the right place at the right time. And it's nothing that I, I've ever said. It's nothing that I've ever done. I'm just, I, I tell people I'm, I'm just his puppet. I allow him to use me. And uh, I am very passionate about Vacation Bible School. I've been a Vacation Bible School director for the most part since I was 18 years old. Probably a little bit before that, if we're honest with each other. And Fall Festival is my also, that is my second most favorite thing in the entire world. So I'm going, I wonder if my church is going to get mad if I change my membership. Two, hour, two and a half hours each way to come to church is not a problem, is it? Anyway, I'm, I'm blessed to be here. I wanted to talk to you guys this morning for a quick minute. Um, this morning, Frank has been talking a lot about, about the heart, about love, and about God's love for us. And God has this crazy, literally overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love for us. And it's our job to take that love outside of these four walls. This morning, when the sister was talking about her husband that is doing the bicycle tour, and they said they're, they're actually having a hard time finding churches to open their doors to him, I wish that that shocked me. But it didn't. That's what's wrong with what's going on in our country and in our state right now. 
The church forgot to be the church. We got too busy with making sure we were at committee meetings, making sure we ran it past the right deacons. And I, I, I feel my deacons back home in Virginia and in Laredo cringing as I say this. We, we got too busy being formal and we forgot that we were never called to be formal. We were called to be radical Christians. We were called to be the ones that are not dressed to the nines. We were called to be the ones that are willing to roll our sleeves up and get dirty and go and sit in a bar with somebody and tell them that Jesus loves them, regardless of what the committee says. I know, I know, I feel it, Pastor Parker, I'm sorry. But the truth of the matter is, is it's not about us, it's about Jesus. And in our country and in our state, we have this awful pandemic that's going around where we're taking him out of everything. And then we, the church, are wondering where he's at. We have got to stand up. We have got to be bold. We have to be bold in our homes. We have to be bold in our churches. We have to be bold in our workplace. We have to be bold in our government. Because right now, it's all being handed over. And I tell everybody, I don't want you to look ever at somebody and go, are they a Republican or a Democrat? That doesn't matter. In Luke 11, he says, we will know by the light in their eyes. So as you are doing your civic duties, as you are doing your Christian duties, because ultimately that's our number one goal. We're Christians, number one. We have got to do what the word says, and the word says to pray. Pray for the ones that we're like, "Mm -mm, I didn't vote for him. (laughs) He ain't my, (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar, is that who we're talking about this morning, that Daniel's like, well, he, I, I didn't vote for him. That was Monty Python, sorry. <laughs> well, I didn't vote for him. Pray for him anyway. We're, we're told to pray for our enemies as though we're praying for ourselves. There is never a truer time than that in our nation and in our state. We, we say it often. We say it loud. I tell Frank all the time, we got to be bold to hold Texas. we got to be bold to hold our churches. Guys, get out and be the hands and feet. Be the person that God has called you to be. Don't worry about the hot mess that you think that you are. Because you are. Because I know I am. And when he tells you to go, you go with every piece of fiber that you have in you. Because he's not calling you to perfection. He's calling your heart and your willingness to run the race. So get out there. Be bold. Be the church. Not the building. Not the committee. Be his hands and feet. Thank you guys for allowing me to speak. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Acts. It's going to be in Acts chapter 12, I believe. Okay. Oh, all my stuff disappeared. Acts chapter 12. And the neat thing here, to kind of show again how God works, I didn't have a clue what Sandy was going to Sandra, sorry. Sandra was going to, to share with you guys. However, that is exactly my message this morning. Not that I'm going to let you out early now. However, God choreographed this incredibly well. But turn to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. You know, a man once said to me, very recently, 
You see, I guess really in, in reality, no one should really go about talking about religion and politics. We shouldn't be about speaking about those things in public, he was sharing with me. And I informed him that I disagreed with him since I tend to do everything. My livelihood is involved around sharing my faith. I think that if you told me I couldn't speak about religion, I would, I would have to hide in a closet somewhere because that comes out all the time. Amen? Every conversation, anything you do, should be able, in some aspect, bring its way back around to our faith rather than our religion, back to who Christ is. So I informed him that I have to disagree with him. Now, when he discovered that I was a preacher, then he proceeded to tell me why he didn't, uh, wasn't able to attend church. Now, I have to be honest with you guys. When he got to that point, I had very little interest in his excuses. You've probably heard it said the excuses are like armpits. They smell bad and everybody's got a couple of them. I didn't really care about his excuses why he didn't go to church. What really got me, what really just, just really amped itself into, into my, that conversation to me was when he said that Christians, those who believe in God, should trust God and stay out of politics. That they should trust God just to bring things to be. And that just resonated in my head. It bounced all over. And folks, let me tell you this morning, I do trust God. I think anyone who knows me even a little bit would say that that is where I pray about any decision. Anything that needs to be made that, that has any consequence or substance to it, I take it before the Lord. Why? Because I believe in God. However, I also believe that when he commanded me to go ye therefore and make disciples, when he told me to go and let my light shine and not hide it under a bushel, when he told me to go into the world, into the highways and the byways and invite, when he told me to make disciples, that doesn't just mean in a classroom with my words. It means by my lifestyle. It means allowing others to see Christ in me, carrying out all the things that he's called me to do, in wherever and whatever he fashion he has told me to do so. When I am out amongst the world, I am to be his hands and feet. And if I'm going to be his hands and feet, then it's not about what Frank thinks, it's about what God thinks. And I ha- I'll be honest with you guys, my God does care about what happens in this world. And he cares enough that he sent his people to go and make a difference. I am to trust God, but he also trusts that I'm going to obey him when he calls me to do something. He looks to me and he says, Frank, you should do this or you will do that. He's expecting me in obedience to do this and or do that. That baptism a few moments ago, does that save J.D.? No. She accepted Christ into her heart. And then that decision, that choice she made, she now is a child of the king. But out of obedience, she followed through in baptism to make a public profession of an inward change to all you guys and to whoever watched it live stream. No one can say that J.D. didn't make that public. She publicly proclaimed Christ. And he said, do that. Why? Because he who professes my name before men, so shall I profess them before the Father. She followed through in obedience and there's going to be blessings that come because of it when we hide our head in the sand i challenge you to show me the verse that where you're going to be blessed by that no it's not there he told us to be active to be about doing what he's called us to do how in the world can we share ideas how can we share philosophy how can we persuade people to come to christ 
if we keep our mouths shut about our faith? And how can we expect the world to, to change and become that place that God intends it to be? How can we expect others to come to Christ if we choose to hide ourselves in a closet and don't exercise the voice that God has given us, whether it be in religion or whether it be in politics? The story in our text in chapter 12, we see where the two trains of thought collide in one little passage of Scripture. In verse 1, starting in verse 1, notice what it says. About that time, King Herod cruelly attacked some who belonged to the church, and he killed James, John's brother, with the sword. When he saw that he pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter too during the days of unleavened bread. After the arrest, he put him in prison, assigned four guards, squads of four soldiers each to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people thereafter after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was being made earnestly to God for him by the church. On the night before Herod was to bring him out of execution, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, while the sentries in the front of the door guarded the prison. Now let's stop there for just a minute. The story starts out on a political note. Herod the king. Now this is Herod Agrippa, the grandson of Herod that had killed all the babies in Bethlehem. This is not a happy family. This is not a good family. But Herod the Great, he was a smooth operator. He was slick. He was one of those worldly politicians. He, he loved to play both sides to his game. His goal in life was to gain approval from all those who were in power. So he catered to the Jewish priests on this side. He catered to the Roman politicians on this side. And he would bring all that together. Christians were unpopular with both of them. So he said, you know, I'm just going to make it quick and easy. If I can gain notoriety, if I can go gain prestige, if I can just make life really miserable on the Christians, then I'll do that. Because it builds me up. His politics was tearing down the Christian church. It was to, to destroy them. He had killed James, the brother of John. He had just he slew him right there in front of everybody. And it pleased the Jews. And he said, hey, that worked out so good. Let's do it again. You know, it's just another Christian. Peter, oh, you know, he's a Christian leader. I can bring him in here. And, and, and I'm going to just slay him in front of everybody tomorrow on the day of Passover. Now understand, Herod didn't have to do that. But that was his nature. He was one of those people who liked to play both sides. He did not know Christ. He had no religion, but yet he was in the political position. He was in a position of power. Now, this obviously would bring him into contention with those of faith. It would bring him in contention with Christians. And here's something that I hope we all understand this morning. This is imperative that we get into our heads. Genuine religion, genuine faith, I should say. Genuine belief in who you are and politics are always going to interact. You cannot divorce one from the, the other. A religion totally affects how and who you are. It's going to affect your, your views, your political views, your social views, the views on raising your family. It's going to be a part of who you are. I agree that government has no place in the church. However, every man or woman has a religion of some sort. It may be secular humanism. It may be atheism. It may be some type of new age thing. It may even be their occupation that has become their religion. It may be Christianity. Whatever it is, every single one of us that, that is not a sociopath of some sort 
has some set of, of codes, something to codify their life, something that they live their life by. Every man and woman has something within them. And when they are elected to office, guess what? They bring those codes with them. And their decision-making capabilities, whatever it is, are going to be made off of that religion that they bring to the table. Government has no place in the church, but you cannot keep church out of the government. Because it's within each human being. What we can do is to decide by operating and doing what we, God has called us to do to put people of like mind in those positions. If not, those who are diametrically opposing will put their people in those positions. Whatever it may be, we should try our best, everything that we have, to put someone of our values in a position of power. Or if we, if we don't, if we choose to hide our heads in the sand, if we become that people that just don't care, then guess what? We get what we deserve. We have been called to be the hands and feet. Confrontation is inescapable, guys, in a free society. We are going to be at odds. Both politics and religion, they, they tend to, to foster and engender strong feelings on both sides. That doesn't mean that we run from the confrontation. That doesn't mean that we hide. Doesn't mean we get holier than thou. It doesn't mean we start picking up our Bibles and, and hope we have a big enough one to knock the guy down that's in front of us. But we are to prayerfully seek out the will of God, seek out the direction of Christ and say, God, what would you have me to do in the midst of this? And as, as we were studying in our, in our Sunday school classes these last few weeks, and we still have weeks to go, Daniel did just that. He chose to make a stand, but he did it in humility and in the power of God. Folks, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. If your faith does not affect the way that you vote, then your faith is probably not very strong. If you are not willing to go and vote your, the, the moral values that God has laid forth in his word, then I would ask you how much strength do you give the word in your life? You know, it's great to come in on Sunday morning and sing. We sing great songs and we have baptisms and we share with one another. We eat and we have fellowship. And I love coming together and doing this on Sunday mornings. But guys, this, is, if, if, this should be an opportunity for us to rebuild and get that R&R that we need. But Monday through Saturday, we should put on the sword of the, take forth the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. Put on that armor because we know that we are going into a battle. Paul didn't say to put on the full armor of God every day so that you could hide in your room and hope the world does handle it. That God just handled it. He's telling you to put on the sword and the spirit, uh, the sword and spirit and the armor of God in Ephesians 6, so that you will go out and fight the battle for Christ. Every one of us. It's not just the pastor's job, it's not just the deacon's job. It's every single one of us that has accepted Christ. Now, he may call you to do this and another person to do that. We all don't have the same calling, but praise God, he's all given us the same Acts 1-8 power, which is that he said, when that power comes upon you, I will make you my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. In other words, we have all been imbued with power, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, to go and share. Now, you may say, but I'm old and I can't do much. When it comes to our political office, in this country, praise God, all you got to do is go fill in the bubbles. And you can make a difference, guys. We should do all that we can to promote godliness back into this country. 
I have to say, it, it kind of angered me at first. And I had to pray about it when he said that, that you Christians should stay out of politics. Absolutely not. If anything, I need to be in here to counter people like you. That wants to give me excuses as to why you don't go to church. I could tell you the real reason why you wouldn't, but I won't do that. Amen. Amen. Folks, when politics and religion clash, that's what happened here. The politician, he thought, I'm all powerful. Who are these Christians? I can tear them down. I can kill James. I'm going to bring Peter in here tomorrow. These Christians, they think they got power. They don't have any power over me. I killed their leader right there in front of them. James, the first apostle. Now, Stephen was first the martyr, but James was the first apostle to die that martyr's death. And now he's going to bring in Peter. I'm going to do it on the Passover of all days. The day that all the Jews, all the diaspora are going to be brought into town. And I'm going to kill Peter right out there in front of them. It's been exactly 11 years since they, 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 the arrest and the trial and the execution of Jesus Christ. It's time to give them some raw meat. Public opinion was all against the church. And he said, I, you know, in his mind, he's got it going on. I'm going to be the politician's politician. The Jews are going to be happy. The Romans are going to be happy. And who cares about the Christians? They don't do nothing. They're just going to hide in the background. Now, this is Peter's third time in jail. He had, and others had been miraculously let go earlier. That's why there's such strong security. Two sets of gates, two sets of four soldiers. That's a whole lot of folks to keep one Christian locked down. Amen? Because we serve a mighty God. But what I also want you to notice, what did it say Peter was doing? He was asleep. Here he's got two gates, four soldiers there, four soldiers here. He's chained between two of them, and he's taking a nap. He's asleep. You know what that tells me? This is a man that has a, this is the evidence of an incredible faith. He knows that tomorrow is probably going to be his last day. He knows what's happened to James. He knows what what Herod's going to do. He knows that he's being set up to be brought out and executed tomorrow. He knows there's no way out of this on his own. I think if, I'll be honest with you, if it's me, I'd be sitting there. There's no way I'm going to go sleep. I'm going to be thinking about everything. I'm going to be thinking about, I wonder how he's going to do it. I'm going to have all kinds of stuff in my head probably. But no, Peter falls asleep back there because why? He knows that his faith is stronger than politicians. His faith is stronger than the government. His faith is in Christ Almighty who defeated death, hell, and the grave. And if Christ can defeat death, then what do I have to fear? So he lays back and he takes a nap. He goes to sleep, locked between these guards. Folks, when we live our lives by faith, when we truly step out by faith, we're not, we don't have to be quiet and hide in the background. We can go forth and proclaim the gospel and be what God's called us to be. The one, one reason why not only do I know who God is, but what was the church doing? It no, you notice that while Peter is locked in that jail, did the church say, oh, we're going to have to go run and hide. If they can kill James and they're going to kill Peter, they, we, we better just quit, stop doing all this church thing. No, it said that while Peter was locked up, they went over there and they had church. They were praying. They were lifting it to, in prayer. They were thinking we have nothing else to do. But in actuality, they were doing the most powerful thing they could do. They were lifting their brother, laying him at the altar of the cross and saying, God, we can't, but you can. They didn't give up because the politicians looked like they're just going to kill us off. They didn't give up and hide because it looked like the politicians have final say. Yes, they were powerless, but praise God, they were calling on a God who was all powerful. 
Amen? We serve the same God today. No matter how dreary the scene may be, no matter how bad the, the, the media may make it sound, no matter how many people come out and say that faith is dead, that God's no longer alive, and no matter how many churches get out there and preach the pie-in-the-sky ideas and that we can just hide and God's going to come in and do this, come to our Ezekiel study. There was a whole lot of prophets that was telling the church that, oh, it, 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 Jerusalem can't be destroyed. And Ezekiel was telling the truth. said, so, oh, yes, it can and it will unless you repent. Folks, we live in a day and a time that Satan is making his hoorah and he thinks that he can fool everyone into thinking that he has won, that he can, uh, he has the politicians on his side. He has governments on his side. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you this morning, we have God on our side and no matter how great Washington may think they are, our God is bigger. Our God is mightier. God proved himself to be more powerful than a politician. God proved himself to be more powerful than soldiers. God proved himself to be more powerful than locked doors. Look at verse 7. He goes on to say here in verse 7, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell, striking Peter on the side. He woke him up and said, Quick, get up! Then the chains fell off his wrists. Get dressed, the angel told him, and put on your sandals. And he did so. Wrap your cloak around you. He told him, and follow me. So he went out and followed. He did not know what took place. He did not know what took place, though the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. After they passed the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened to them by itself. Then he went outside, passed one street, and immediately the angel left him. So here he is. All of a sudden, reality sinks in. I'm actually free. What just happened here? What you and I can see about this, guys, is that when a man is called by God, when a man is doing what he is, or woman, is doing what he is supposed to be doing, when a man or woman is doing the deal and doing the will of Christ, then there is no door, there is no guard, there is no government that can stand in the way of what God desires to do. No matter how great the country may seem to be, when godly people are praying and that man or woman is doing, then my God is going to be acting. Amen? Amen. That's why it's direly important that we put on our prayer shawl, that we go into our prayer closet, that we get on our knees and lift up those elected officials as Sandra was saying just a few moments ago. No matter whether you approve or not, be praying now. Satan may think he has him, but God can move in mighty ways. God can deliver his people even from the threat of death if it's his will. Peter was done. Herod had it on a plate. There was no getting out of it this time. Herod thought. But my God's bigger. God answers prayer. Not always in the way we expect, I understand. Peter had a hard time believing what was happening. He's thinking, oh man, this, I'm having a vision like I did on the, the rooftop in Joppa maybe. You know that, I, I'm hoping God's setting me free. And all of a sudden the fresh air hit him. He's like, oh, I am free. Now when he was free, he said, okay, I got to run and hide. God freed me from the politicians. He freed me from the government. That means I got to keep quiet. Now, if I keep quiet and sneak off into the woods, I can live a life out there. No one will find me. I can live out my days. No, you know what he did? He goes on in in, in verse 12 to, to the church. He goes and has church. 
He didn't run and hide. He went directly to them. And the Christians that were there, they opened. In fact, poor Rhoda, I, I, I have a feeling that they laughed at her because she opened the door and closed the door and went back in and said, I think Peter's outside. And they go back. Oh, it is Peter. And he's still out there. Uh, please let me in. <laughs> he goes to church and the people are mystified. They're like, how did this happen? They are, they're mind boggled. They're like, what in the world? And he can say, because you were praying, because we serve a mighty God, because we're doing what God has called us to do, we can be freed. Folks, this is a lesson to you and I in this modern day time. We have been called to go forth and proclaim the gospel. We need to understand that that there are going to be times that God's going to answer our prayers, whether we understand how or not, but he is going to answer. And if I'm doing to the best of my ability what God has called me to do, then I should not pray defeatedly. I should not say, well, I I, I pray for the, the, the politicians in Washington. I pray for the politicians in Austin. And I'm going to go live out my day like this. No, I should lift up in prayer. God, I know who you are. I know you can clean up this mess that Austin's come into. I know you can clean the streets back to the way they were. I know you can make this city a beacon on the hill again. I know that you can take politicians out and put others in. Whatever it may be, I am going to pray the way God calls me to pray. Hold my head high. I'm going to pray victoriously. Why? Because I'm not going to play the victim. I'm going to play the victor. And I'm going to go forth and proclaim the gospel and that's what he's called all of us to do when we quit thinking oh poor us and say oh poor them because they're on the wrong side of God God's going to work miraculous things but he expects us to be the hands and feet to do that he expects us to move we should never say we should never think that there's any people group whether it's a government or a tribe, whomever it may be, there is no people group that is stronger than my God. We serve a God of pleasant surprises. You know, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, if you think about it, he's speaking right to us. He says, he is able to do immeasurably all that we ask or imagine according to his power that works within us. Hallelujah. Sometimes I think we need to go circle Ephesians 3.20 because we think, who am I? I'm one little old bald-headed guy in Sutherland Springs. I'm just one little old person out here. I'm one little child over here. When you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the one who uses the world as a footstool abides within you. And if he is in you and you're more than a conqueror with Christ Jesus who strengthens you, then you can go forth and thus saith the Lord and God will act. Now, I understand sometimes Christians suffer for their faith. I would not be honest if I I tried to tell you that because you know Christ, you're never going to suffer. In fact, it's the opposite. Jesus said, just as they've done unto me, so shall they do unto you and more so. Where there is going to be suffering. But I would submit to you this morning, in my opinion anyway, in this country, more Christians suffer because they choose not to show their faith than those who do show their faith. 
Because we choose not to live out and act upon the faith that God has laid in our hearts. We are suffering more and more every day. And guys, I, I'm getting old and past that point. But I look, there's these young people right here. There's young people over here. There's babies in the nursery. There are people coming up behind us that if we as Christians do not make that stand, if we choose not to stand upon the word of God, then what in the world are we doing in leaving for those that are coming behind us? God has called us. He said that it's better to have a millstone tied about your neck and thrown into the depths of sea, deepest sea, than to impede one of these little ones coming onto him. I may be stretching this a little bit, but I'm just going to tell you my opinion to me, my life, and you can take it if you want. If I do nothing to try to improve the life that these little ones are going to have when they come up, then I should, I'm, I'm stepping right there, impeding the life that could have been because I chose to live for myself rather than for them. When this country was founded and the people that raised it, they were thinking about those that were coming after. We have gotten very self-centered and very egocentric. And we need to bust that mold and say, God, what will you have me to do? Where would you have me to go? Folks, God is able to deliver. He is waiting on us to get out and make that happen. We are to be his hands and feet. I agree with what Sandra said just a few moments ago. He has called us. Not to sit in our beautiful buildings, but to go out and be the church. Peter and the politician, they stood in stark contrast. And the question I would present to you this morning is we need to look at ourselves. Are we more like Herod, the politician, the people pleaser? Oh, they're going to tell me I need to be quiet, sit down, don't do anything. And I'm going to please the people around me. Or I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this and say that when I'm not around Christian people. And I'll say this and say that when I am around Christian people so that I can just be a people pleaser, never making waves or going uh, the way of the world. Am I going to continually just 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 be that, that little quiet guy in the corner no matter how many babies are getting aborted or how many churches are being persecuted? Am I going to be that little guy in the back that never says anything? Or am I going to be like Peter, able to go to sleep between two guards because I chose not to shut my mouth, because I chose not to turn away from the gospel, because I chose to preach the word of God to power, because we chose to stand upon his righteousness. Am I going to be Herod? Or am I going to be Peter is a question we need to ask ourselves. This morning, I can't expect you to be able to stand with that kind of power that Peter stood if you don't know Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I would submit to you this morning. He's not asking you to go out and fight that fight. You're not equipped. You don't have the blood of Christ washed over you. You don't have the armor of God. You don't have that helmet of salvation. Your feet aren't prepared with the gospel. You don't have that belt of truth because you're still living in a lie. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he that knew no sin extends his olive branch, his hand, his grace to you this morning. And he says, I chose to die on that cross for you. And because I chose to die on that cross for you, you can have everlasting life. I think sometimes we put all our faith in a man. Guys, I don't have to put my faith in any man. I don't need a savior. I already have one. His name is Jesus Christ. And that's who you should put your faith in as well. If you will put your faith in him this morning... Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I don't have a loud mouth like you are. You're confrontational. I try not to be, actually. Though I get a... 
<laughs> That's my own wife. But I really try not to be. <laughs> but I'm not going to back down either. Why? Because if I'm standing on his righteousness and I have the blood of Christ washed over me, then I can profess righteousness to, to wickedness and do so with power because it's not my power I'd be speaking through, but the power of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can have that same power. I'm not special. I mean, I'm special in the eyes of God to God, maybe a few others, but re- the real special is Jesus Christ. If you never sat down and truly said, Lord, come into my life, then I would ask you to do that today. And once you do, then understand and acknowledge that you've been imbued with power. God never said just to sit down and do nothing. As I said a while ago, Ezekiel was called to go into a, a culture of people that not only were they pagan, but he was called to go into the apostate church. He was told to go into the church. And the Bible even says in Ezekiel chapter 2 that these people that I'm sending you into, the pagans will listen to you before my church does. They're worse than the pagans because they think they've got it all squared away. And because they wear a moniker upon their shirt, they are going to go to heaven. and They don't care about anybody else. He says, Ezekiel, you go in and you preach the gospel. You go in and you tell them to repent or this is the wrath that's going to come. Now, Ezekiel, I don't think anyone would have blamed him when you look at the, the, the people that he was sent into if he had turned and walked away and said, no, God, you do it. That's too big for me. But that's not what he chose to do. He chose to take the anointing that God gave him and even though the people cursed him, even though the people bound him, even though that man had an incredibly rough life brought onto him by the church, he never wavered from the anointing that God placed upon him. I pray we will learn to do the same in this 21st century. Let's quit playing church and let's go out and be the church because when the church is being what God's called to be, it's not a candle hidden under a bushel. It's a floodlight into the darkness of the world. But he's called us to do it. If somebody tells you that Christians and politicians should, uh, Christian, our faith and our politics should never intertwine, I pray that you would set them straight real quick. That my faith, you can take the government out of the church, but when you put a man in the church or a woman, I mean a man or a woman into politics, their faith just came with them. I do have a way of changing the faith of this country. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's first and foremost. If you do, then let's get about being the hands and feet. Let's make this a better world. In this country, at least, we have been blessed with the opportunity. We live in a republic with democratically elected representatives. What an incredible blessing that is if the church would quit burying its head in the sand and get out and do its civic duties that God's called us to do. Where are you this morning? I want us all stand. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. Now, I pray that you leave here this morning understanding you can be the victim or you can be the victor. And you can be the victor by letting Christ move within your life. By accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. By being Peter 
rather than Herod. Father God, I just come before you this morning and I just thank you for this opportunity that we can gather together in your house and realize that that there is nothing on this planet, whether it be politics or religion, that you are not a part of. It is we who shut you out. May we bring you back into the mist and may we be what you've called us to be. Your voice, your hands, and your feet. But God, even more than that, you said the heavens rejoice when one comes to know you. If there is someone here today that has not accepted that gift of grace, that's first and foremost, Lord. May they truly accept and acknowledge who you are before it's too late. May they they pray right where they're at, walk this aisle, whatever it may be. But may they surrender their heart to you. And Lord, maybe there are those here today that realize that their faith has been weak and small and they haven't acted upon it. And today, you're calling them to make a commitment. Maybe you're calling them to step out and, and witness to that person at the toolbox next to them or that student at the locker next door. Maybe you're telling them to to go into their schools and start Bible studies or start in their break rooms at their work, a Bible study. Maybe you're telling them just to live out their faith and their walk right amongst their family who is lost. I don't know what it may be, Lord. But help us to courageously act upon the faith that you've given us. Lord, I know the human side of you had to sell out completely to be able to be taken to that cross. You even said, if there be any other way, Lord, but yet not my will, thine be done. And you did what needed to be done. May we now honor that choice you made for us and choose, as Joshua said, as for my house to serve you. God, may your will be done in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. As Brody and the guys lead us this morning, sing if God's telling you to sing. If he's telling you to come to this altar, the altar's open. If you want me to pray with you, I'll pray with you. If you need to pray with a brother, maybe just get on your knees right now. Well, let's not leave till we get everything straight. In Jesus' name.
life is for Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ calling you to step out, I pray that you would make that happen today. That you will work and that you will look and that you will do what it is God's called you to do. We can leave out of here this morning. We can have smiles and everything's going great. And you can fool me, but you can't fool God. I pray that we will leave out of here each and every one of us individually exactly where God wants us to be. But you can't do it unless you look to Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good seat, everybody, this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Yes, ma'am. Oh. My wife, as always, is right. She did that to me in front of a crowd of thousands. How long have you been married, dear? Not long enough. <laughs> but no, she's coming this morning, and she just reminded me. I was in the back, so I didn't really hear everything that went on, but we need to say thank you for all you got. I can say thank you. I know the other night I was at a, the pastor's uh, appreciation dinner that the guys kind of sprung on me. Uh, I was supposed to meet two guys and walk in and half the restaurant's full with people. That's a scary thought. Then I'm thinking, okay, do I got to look for a job tomorrow? What's going on? <laughs> but no, thank you guys for the, the appreciation. Uh, I, I, I Believe it or not, I truly just enjoy where God has me. Yes, the tension and the stress, especially now running for office with... Um, absolute time no time can be hard but when i come back here with you guys i'm coming home to my family so i appreciate you guys i truly appreciate the appreciation but guys i have just as much for y'all so thank you for all that you guys do for us as well amen
Amen. Good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Uh, Sandra, thank you for sharing with us this morning. Thank you, Brody, for leading us. Uh, everybody sounded great. Brody, thanks for stepping in the gap there for me. You sounded great as always. Miss you, man. Somebody just asked me where you've been. It's, it's good to see you back. It's good to see you back. Hallelujah. Good seeing everybody this morning. Keep looking up and guys, keep on praising the Lord every step of the way. Just keep on praising the Lord. Keep on step after step after step saying, Lord, here I am. Send me. Amen. Amen. Gary, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother? I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my tomb Till I met you I was breathing but not alive All my failures I try to hide It was my tomb Till I met you You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness into your glorious day you call my name and I ran out of that grave out of the darkness into your glorious day now your mercy my soul now your freedom is all I know he all made new Jesus when I met you when you called my name and I ran out of that grave out of the darkness into your glorious land, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious land. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, 
You were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Because when you call my name. Out of the darkness into your glorious day, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day, 